Hello and welcome to On Air with Myrick O'Connell. I'm Howard Kaplan. This on-air podcast features attorneys from Myrick O'Connell, a full-service law firm with offices in Worcester, Westboro, and Boston. Today's guest is attorney Mike Rafolo. Mike is a partner in the firm's business group and its former practice group leader. He focuses on business law, including securities, mergers, and acquisitions, banking and drafting, and review of business contracts. You can learn how Mike and his colleagues at Myrick O'Connell can assist you with your business and personal legal needs by visiting myrickoconnell.com. I just want to note we are recording this in the midst of the coronavirus or COVID-19 crisis. To say this pandemic has affected businesses of all sizes is definitely an understatement. Mike will help us sort through the issues facing businesses right now and and perhaps solve all of them in the next 20 minutes. (laughs) Mike is very impressive. Mike, thanks for joining us on On Air with Myrick O'Connell. Good afternoon. Hi, Howard. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So let's start things off, as they say, at the beginning. What are some of the big issues that, uh, or the biggest issue that businesses are now facing? Oh, that's easy. Cash. (laughs) (laughs) So many many businesses are forced to close, to lose their employees, to they're slowing down. Um, So cash is the biggest biggest issue, uh, you know, personnel, loss of personnel, um, not just to coronavirus itself um, and not just to illness, but the loss of their ability to come to work and interact. Um, so it's been uh, quite a challenge for all businesses to try to navigate their business during the pandemic. Absolutely. And what are some of the solutions or stopgap measures that have been undertaken? Uh, I know you're dealing with some of these. Oh, yeah. The uh, Fed, the the federal uh, stimulus package is the biggest one and the one everybody's talking about. Uh, and it, it sounds great. It's called the Payroll Protection Program. It's a $349 billion program uh, where basically companies can get a 1% loan. There's no guarantees uh, required. There's no uh, collateral required. And if you're a business of under 500 employees or less, um, you can uh, apply for this loan. Um, the loan amount is up to $10 million, but it's really based on um, 25 times kind of one month's earnings uh, based on a February 15th, 2020 date. Uh, once you apply for the loan, and you can could, you could apply before Jan- June 10th, um, the bank, you apply to your bank, uh, the bank submits it to the SBA, and voila, you um, can get approved for this loan. If you pay back that loan, uh, if you use the funds for that loan um, for uh, payroll, or for rent, or for interest, uh, or other things, utilities, um, it actually gets forgiven tax-free. So you only have to pay back the amount that you don't use for those purposes, uh, as long as you use that for those purposes by uh, that June date. So it's a pretty good deal. I mean, it keeps folks off the unemployment line um, and enables businesses to stay afloat when revenue and cash is so down. What happens if now so many businesses are downright closed. I mean, they're, they're do, just doing nothing. Uh, no activity, no manufacturing, no output uh, for many businesses. Raises the yeah, whole issue well, of contracts, and what if a contract can't uh, be performed? Yeah, well, you have that issue. Every company, you know, has contracts, and uh, the key uh, for uh, any contract is to 
see if you can perform. And if you can't perform due to the pandemic, there could be an out within your contract, and that's called the force majeure clause. Basically, the pandemic is considered an act of God. Uh, so you should scour, to the extent you can't perform a contract, you should scour, the business should scour its contract to see if there's a force majeure clause in it, an act of God clause. Uh, if there is, obviously you have to see what the contract says, but it could say that you do not have to perform during this period in which um, the, the pandemic or whatever it is, the act, uh, prevents you from performing. Um, however, you can't just rely on a force majeure clause because there's a pandemic. If you're able to perform despite a pandemic, the force majeure clause doesn't work. And if there's no force majeure clause in your contract, you're kind of stuck. You could, be, you could face termination. Hmm. On, on, on the flip side, you know, it can be used against you as well. So if there's a force majeure clause in a contract in which you're seeking someone to perform for you, they could use that, for, that clause against you. What happens in other situations? Do businesses have other recourses for help as well as what we've already talked about? There are other recourses um, under the stimulus package, um, but the key one is this payroll protection program. The problem with the payroll protection program is it sounds like a great deal and is a great deal, but there are lots of challenges and lots of businesses that could get excluded out or um, kind of Get, lose their chance to um, get the funds. You know, for instance, the regulations are really unclear, um, and it's difficult to know how to calculate the payroll. For instance, are temporary employees um, included? That's been asked. Uh, and there are other kind of inconsistencies within the application itself versus the regulations versus the law versus, in a way, reality as to how a business runs. Another uh, challenge is that there are businesses that are owned by private equity firms, and the mm. loan is administered by the Small Business Association, the SBA, uh, who, which has affiliation rules. So when the private equity firm owns a majority of the um, company, its other companies get uh, employees get attributed or included in. So you can go easily go over the 500 or uh, employee maximum that you're allowed to have. And even a minority um, private equity firm that owns a company, its other businesses can get thrown in to the, the 500 employee count if they have, in a sense, a controlling interest some other way, such as a majority board or a, sh a special shareholder right or a mm -hmm. veto right or a quorum right mm -hmm. um, that's built into a stockholder agreement, for example. So these become barriers to access to those funds. Another is the um, uh, fact that banks are, the, are charged with administrating or accepting the applications and approving the loans. We spoke with one bank, and the bank has already received, well, only one week into the program, the bank has received 50,000 applications. Oh, my goodness. Um, and and, and this, is just one, this is just one bank? One bank. And wow. already $100 billion of the $350 billion funds, as I understand it, are already earmarked uh, due to applications that are, were already submitted. So you can imagine what this will look like when the money runs out. In a way, it's like the bread line that we remember from the Great Depression. Yeah. And if you were in the right line, and if you were in the front of the right line, you may get the money. But if you're in, in the wrong line or in the back of the wrong line or in the back of the right line, you may not get any funds. So unless there's more money coming in, it's very possible that what sounds like a really great deal 
um, and it is, um, can become a very disappointing deal in almost like a haves versus have-nots um, effect for corporations, for companies. My goodness. That's Sounds what I was. So yeah, I was going to ask you that, and you you, you answered uh, my what was going to be a question, which was, what is the monetary limit on this, and what happens if the funds run out? Well, I guess yeah, they run out. They run out. Well, there's talk already, of course, of increasing the programs. Wildly popular, and, right. and the need is is huge, uh, and it's also a very good deal. But there are things that could knock you out of getting it. Another example would be um, if you have a, a a loan with a bank, there could be a limit on you being able to get loans from other other sources. So your bank will have to either give consent, and sometimes you have a syndicate loan or a participant loan, so getting that consent could be through 10 banks as opposed to one. So there could be a delay, and every delay may throw you further back in the line, and if you're further back in the line, it could limit your access to the funds. Back to a little good news. Once your application gets submitted, it is generally approved by the SBA within a couple of days. And supposedly, supposedly, because we're not there yet, the loan gets at least partially funded within 10 days. Hmm. Um, for those who are in the haves line or in the front of the red line, um, that's a pretty good deal. Absolutely. Now, do businesses have any other recourses for help? We've spent a lot of time talking about the, the uh, loans, the uh, PPP, the uh, payroll well, protection fund. They, 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 they make you fewer and further between. Um, there is business, there's the concept of business interruption insurance. Um, and any company that has business inter- interruption insurance should check with their agent. Generally, what the agents are saying is that the funds... Uh, insurance funds will not be available to them, that this isn't what anyone meant by business interruption. It's hard to believe. I mean, it feels like business interruption. I mean, it's a pandemic. Everybody is stopped work. Right. But typically, in most policies, and an insurance policy is like a contract, so it could be called, it's got a great heading, great name, business interruption insurance, but then you have to read the fine print of the contract, the policy. And if the policy says that something is excluded, well, then you do not get funds for that, that type of business interruption. In this case, in most policies, viruses and bacteria are excluded clauses. So uh, it's important to check to see if you have business interruption insurance because folks don't know if they do. Businesses don't, aren't so always certain they have it. And if they do have it, to check with your agent to see if that exclusion is in there. There is a bill pending in Massachusetts and in other states which is trying to force insurance companies to fund the uh, policies for business interruption in this pandemic uh, for businesses with fewer than 150 employees. I just don't know. I think the insurance lobby is going to be strong enough. I, I don't have high hopes that that type of bill or action is going to have a lot of leg, but you never know. The uh, winds may sway in favor of the small business. Sure. How should businesses work with their landlords and banks? So, for instance, what if the business can't pay rent or loan payments on time? I mean, that is, I'm sure, an enormous issue right now. It is huge, and it is happening to every business. As Again, as we said from the very start, cash and cash flow is, is key here. Um, and it's it, even if you're able to have the employees at your business to perform the work and you send out the bill, the invoice, it could be that the whoever you're performing for doesn't have the cash to pay. So eventually this, this cycle gets interrupted and there certainly will be delay in payment. So if you are a net 
15 net 30 firm or net 60 in what you thought you would get for terms for payment, uh, that could get dragged out to 90 or 120 days. What does that mean? That means you don't have the cash to necessarily pay your rent or to maybe pay your bank loan. So to me, that's all about communication and cooperation. Uh, we're all in this together. Um, and so communicating with your bank about your cash flow issues and co- getting cooperation from your landlords and the bank and cooperating with each other is so key to being part of, I think, the corporate side of this community as opposed to the individuals who are all helping each other out. I think companies in this case actually have to help each other out and have a lot of patience and understanding to make sure that they don't try to um, seek remedies when we all know that nobody had control over the situation. So to me, the key is key issue is communication and cooperation. You know, for a bank, for instance, the collateral is still safe. It's still there. Well, nothing's going to change in the next 60 days relative to the security or insecurity of that collateral. And because the PPP loan, if it does come through, because you're able to pay your rent or at least the interest on your loans, um, these are key elements to having more cash flow to pay the bank. Some banks may seek a forbearance agreement, which is an agreement by uh, the bank and the, and the borrower to decide to, even though they acknowledge the default of payment, to push out the payment or to use to temporarily have other terms and therefore to stay, say that in a sense there's a standstill and you're not going to take action, the bank is not going to take action or seek remedy. My personal feeling is the banks really should not be pushing for that. It's just increasing attorney's fees and costs and it does seem at least to me unnecessary to be overly legal in this time. Mm. We're hoping that this will be a 30, 60, 90-day period, and everything will get back to closer to normal. Let, let this run its course, but some banks are more aggressive with forbearance agreements uh, than others on this issue. Mm. That makes a lot of sense, Mike. We have uh, privately held companies, and then we also have public companies where stock is traded and uh, they're on the market. So if the business is publicly traded, are there any other things to think about, other considerations? Well, you, you have some, all the same issues, of course, and yet you also have SEC disclosure. Uh, and when you're a publicly traded company, a company registered with the SEC, you have common stock registered with the SEC, and there's trading on some market. You owe a duty to your stockholders to disclose, disclose, disclose. And that we do that in, or public companies do that in 10Ks, 10Qs, and 8Ks. Those are annual reports, quarterly reports, and current reports. The SEC has acknowledged that it may be difficult to get auditors in, for instance, and conduct audits for large companies or companies. It's time-consuming. It requires personnel. And because of that, financial statements will be late, which will delay the um, ability of a public company to file a 10K or a 10Q. So... What the SEC has said that, for instance, the 10K was due on March 31st for most companies that have a year-end, calendar year-end, fiscal year. Uh, For those companies, they can, for instance, have filed an 8K, which is the current report, to say, hey, look, due to the pandemic, we're not able to file our 10K on time and to ask for or to say that you'll try to file, endeavor to file by April 30th, and the filing won't be deemed late. Likewise, it's important, though, to disclose to the, your shareholders that if the pandemic prevents, creates a certain kind of risk, special risk, you should include additional risk factors that are very specific to your company to describe what is 
the risk of COVID-19 on your business so that shareholders, when they're buying or selling or trading in your stock, they understand the risk specific to your business. Lots to think about. And so wide-ranging business can mean anything. I mean, there's so many millions of businesses that are under the gun right now with this crisis. And I think you achieved our goal. We're not even at 20 minutes, and you've really summed up for us, Mike, really succinctly and well, a lot of the issues and possible solutions and also challenges as well. So I think we'll stop there. And maybe any last words you want to offer to the business community? In December of 1999, (laughs) we were all (laughs) doing risk factors for Y2K, and we were all ready to um, face the demons of the turn of the clock and what it was going to do to all of our computers. And, um, and uh, year 2000 happened, it was 1201, and the first big announcement happened, there was a lawsuit that was filed. Uh, every firm had a year two, well, Y2K uh, groups, right. and the law, first lawsuit was filed on January 1st. I think it was a barber who something <laughs> happened. Um, you know, I've never read about another Y2 case after that. <laughs> um, so I, I do think that we are obviously experiencing an incredibly difficult and important time, and it it, it will it, it is having a huge, huge dramatic effect today on our economy today, and our people today, and our lifestyles today. Um, my fingers are crossed that in three months, four months. A year from now, we will look back and at least maybe feel it's a little more Y2K than it is pandemic. It is a pandemic, but hopefully it won't be a permanent effect on how businesses are run and and how most businesses survive this. That is a really great way to sum this up, and generally, just the entire situation – Let's think of it more as perhaps a, a Y2K-ish type of thing. Then, oh, wouldn't that right, be nice? That would be great. And, you know, let, let's actually quit while we're ahead and end on a, on a positive note. I want to thank you, Mike Raffolo. Thank you so much for being on On Air with Myra O'Connell today. Thanks so much, Howard. Been a pleasure. Today's guest on On Air with Myrick O'Connell has been attorney Mike Raffolo from the firm's business group. Appreciate you taking the time to appear with us. How can folks get in touch with you with questions or concerns? You can reach me. I'm on the website at MyrickOConnell.com. I'm also available at mrefolo, M-R-E-F-O-L-O, at MyrickOConnell.com. And I'm on my cell phone nowadays at 508 816-3227. We're practicing uh, social distance properly here, Uh, Mike. That's why Mike's on the phone. I'm somewhere else. We're not disclosing exactly. No, I'm I'm just kidding. But we're we're actually both at our homes, and uh, that's really the way we hope you're doing it. And you can learn how Mike and his colleagues at Myrick O'Connell can assist you with your business and personal legal needs by visiting MyrickO'Connell.com. I'm Howard Kaplan on behalf of Myrick O'Connell and attorney Mike Raffolo. Thanks for joining us. Take care and be well, stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Myrick O'Connell. It is intended to inform you of developments in the law and to provide information of general interest. It is not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. This podcast may be considered advertising under the rules of the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court. 